Hey everybody, it's just me today. We got my first installment of the solo series of the Pals Podcast. It's your pal George Bootsalis, and uh, I want to thank you for tuning in. It's a beautiful Tuesday afternoon. The sun is shining. The birds are chirping. Life is good. A lot of good vibes out there right now. I hope you're all having a great day. Before I get into this episode, I want to ask kindly that all you lovely listeners go and leave us a like on our YouTube or a comment. Make sure you're subscribed to all our channels. And the most important thing to us would be to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast. It would truly mean the world to us. And just show us how much you care and how much you love the pals. Uh, this week, I figure, well, actually, I should preface this, that we were supposed to be doing a cast launch episode today. For those who have been following along um, with the cast, today was supposed to be our launch day on the App Store, but Google has strung us along and we have not had the opportunity to launch yet. Uh, so that's part of the reason why I'm, I'm doing my one-on-one today. So our official launch episode has been postponed. That one will probably come at a later date, hopefully in the next week or two, between myself my pal Ricky, and my other pal slash co-founder and board member, David Banwat. So stay tuned for that episode, guys. But in the meantime, let's jump into it. Today's episode is going to be on one of my favorite things and something that I like to talk about and I guess my friends might say preach about is the importance of reading and books and some of my favorite books. Quickly want to give a shout out to our sponsors and then we'll get into it. I'd like to give a shout out to our amazing presenting sponsors, the people who help keep the lights on, and probably my favorite vodka beverage on the market right now, Cottage Springs. I cannot say enough good things about them. Um, they've been a terrific partner to the pals. Uh, they've just they've looked out from us from day one that they've, they've joined us. And for us, we simply love them. I mean, we keep running out of, of the, the, the Cottage Springs vodka sodas, the vodka waters, and their new vodka lemonade on a weekly basis. Um, that is not an indictment of how much we drink. We just like to give it to our guests. And, uh, and obviously, we consume some ourselves and give it to our friends. But vodka, uh, Cottage Springs, terrific product, guys. They are a Canadian-based vodka beverage company. All beverages are gluten sugar-free and have 100 calories. They have the vodka water that comes in raspberry, lime, and strawberry kiwi. You can also get the vodka sodas, which come in some amazing flavors. Ontario uh, peach vodka soda, watermelon vodka soda, lemon lime, and the wild cherry. And they also have the new pink lemonade. As I said, that one has been flying off our shelves. And you can find them all at your local LCBO. Go grab a pack today and uh, show them your support. I can promise you it will be your drink of summer. I want to give another shout out to our baby, Cast. Cast is an anonymous social voting platform that removes the friction to participate in online conversations. Cast is on a mission to provide people with a place to be honest, authentic, and curious. Cast is the objective assembly of public opinion. To download now, visit joincast.co or at joincast.co on socials. As I said at the beginning of this, today, April 6th would have been our launch day. But unfortunately, Apple likes to drag their feet a little bit. I don't mean that in a bad way. Apple, please don't hold it against us. But we would be grateful if you would hurry up and review our app and make sure that we get approved so we can get to the App Store and get in front of all these beautiful, beautiful people who have been showing us support from the beginning. So guys, go to joincast.co today to download it. We are still in beta, technically, and we will be live on the App Store soon. Thank you so much for your support so far. It's meant the world to us. 
the final shout out before we get into this is to my pal Andrew Moretti and the team over at RFP Design. I cannot say enough good things about RFP, uh, about Andrew himself, and about their team over there and the quality of their products. This amazing blue couch, which you cannot see on video because this episode is not on video, but this amazing blue couch you see in all the rest of our videos uh, was provided to us by the team at RFP Design. They helped us design it. They gave us uh, suggestions on the fabrics and and the design of it, the everything. They kind of we told them what we liked, and they helped come up with something completely unique for our studio. And we could not be happier. So go check out RFP Design at rfpdesign.com. Reliable, innovative, and skilled. This is your custom future experience transformed. Cannot say enough good things. Love you guys. Thank you so much. And without further ado, LFG, let's freaking go. For the first solo series, um, I wanted to talk about something that that I'm really passionate about, something that brings me a lot of joy, and something that I feel like I can provide some value to to you guys, our listeners. Um, and as I said in the intro, uh, what I plan to talk about for this episode is kind of my love for reading and books, and why I think it's it's super important that that people do like that people just find time to read find time to consume literature and why it uh, what it does i guess for myself i'm not going to tell you what it will do for you but i I think that it's i can explain why i do it and and hopefully um it it pushes more people to find time in their day uh to read Uh, i think i'm going to stick mostly to the to books i guess as a form of literature but before i jump into that um i think reading any any medium brings uh, tremendous value. Like myself personally, my favorite way to consume uh, to consume any form of literature is by reading books. I just, I think that um, reading a book is something that someone put a lot of time, effort, and energy into. And typically, uh, it'll, it'll be a little bit more factual or, or more so factual, fact-based and research-based rather than, let's say, an article. Not to discredit people who are news reporters or journalists, but my assumption is that, you know, someone spending our uh, d- days, months, years, multiple years to produce uh, to produce a book and publish it, they're probably going to make sure that it is sound and has been like you know vetted, peer reviewed, stress test, all of that sort of stuff, so that their arguments are fact based rather than just releasing a, a, an article because articles are more I guess news based and and they um, they don't have to withstand the test of time I guess just in today's day and age. We live in a more clickbaity, uh, attention-grabbing, soundbite-type media. So, yeah. Anyways, that's why I personally prefer to consume uh, my literature, c- to consume and read books, I guess, rather than consuming a lot of stuff um, online. But that being said, there is a lot of a lot of merit and a lot of value you can obtain from reading online. I do personally subscribe to a few newsletters as well that I that I read on a, a, every morning. Axios is one of my favorites to, to go to. Uh, I subscribe to Axios Pro Rata, which has to do a lot with um, with tech, the tech world, and kind of the venture capital deals that are happening in the tech world. I subscribe to Axios AM, which is a summary of all their top articles across all their newsletters. Gives you a little bit of uh, you know the tech world and science and business in politics, and and I think it really captures what's going on in the world. Kind of feels like it skews 
American, so it doesn't capture everything globally. Actually, that's not true. I think it captures things globally, but yes, it does skew American. Um, and the other newsletter I subscribe to, which I have for a long time, is The Hustle, which is probably my favorite newsletter uh, to read on a daily basis. It's the the writing style is very. Uh, it makes it easy to read. It's not very. I wouldn't say it's very technical. They put a lot of like narrative and storytelling and, and kind of some quips and jokes and um, and humor behind the way they write. So, um, just wanted to get those out of the way so people know that I'm not just saying it's not it's it's not you have to read books and only books. I just it's my preferred way to uh, to to do any form of reading. But like I said, I do subscribe to these newsletters and I think they are very valuable for um, like aggregating and pulling together all the days today's and previous days news for you to consume. And it keeps it, you know, right at your fingertips in your email inbox. So um, I do obviously recommend those. But now let me jump into it. Enough rambling about newsletters. Why I want to talk about reading is um, I just really enjoy it. I think it brings it, it brings a lot of happiness. It brings a lot of um, peace, relaxation, a lot of obviously knowledge and, and, and value to my life. But I, I've... I haven't always been this way. My my mom actually, in the last few uh, last year or so, keeps kind of bringing up the fact that I used to really hate reading. And when I was in school, I didn't, I never would take do the the my uh, what are they called book reports? I guess like I would never spend the time to read. I would always do the Coles notes and, and all that stuff. I, it wasn't really until about grade maybe maybe like grade twelve, grade eleven or twelve, I really started to get into like slowly started to get into reading um, as like a pastime and outside of school. And that's sort of when things began for me to started to realize the importance and the value of reading. And the first book that I really remember, <clears throat> that I really remember reading back then was Freakonomics by Stephen Levitt and Stephen Dubner. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, that's the first book that I, I, re- I recall to this day that I still remember like the main premise of it and it's, and it's stuck with me to this day as an important, I guess, first principle of my life. And the principle that stuck with me and the overarching theme of the book is that um, correlation does not always equal causation. And I think that's a very important thing to think about on a daily basis, um, especially today. People are often quick to jump to conclusions and say, you know, we're doing this, so this is going to happen, or this happened, and this is what caused it. Um, especially like on a grand like macro level and global events and and whether it's politics or economics or business or whatever it is, we we have a tendency to try and tie events together and say, because, you know, we did this, this happened and that's why it happened. And people tend to do that to fit their narrative or their view of the world, try to piece things in that, that sounds good to them or makes sense in their head. But oftentimes there is so much more that goes on under the surface and behind the scenes that just because something happens and something seems like it caused it, it doesn't necessarily uh, mean that's where it stems from. And I guess what I, to make that in more simple terms, I think it just, for me, it makes me question everything in the sense that just because someone tells me something that this happened because of this or this is going to happen if we do this, I, I personally tend to stop and question, is that true? Can there be something else? Is there something we're missing? I mean, you know, the time we're living in now with COVID, everyone wants to jump to say, we're doing this, it's going to cause this or this happened, it was because they did this. I'm one of those people, I still do that. So as much as I know this principle, I still kind of deviate from it. But I think it is an important book that, again, has stuck with me. And I think that more people should read it because um, the they use stories to talk about how um, in the moment we like to f- assume um, 
in every moment, we like to look at things at face value and say, okay, well, how did we get here? And then they try to piece the puzzle together in hindsight, explaining how they got there. But oftentimes, there's a lot more that goes on that that can play into a decision that you can't account for in the moment, and that may not that may not show itself until many years in the future. And you know, we shouldn't be just quick to judge and quick to make decisions um, in the moment. We should just let things play out, and, and our our ideas should also evolve as a result. So you might think today, um, you know, A plus B equals C. But down the road, you might find out that D plus E actually, in fact, equals C or D plus B equals C. Um, and we should be willing to adapt and change our perception of what we thought caused an event down the road when we get new information and new data. So that's one of the first books that really set me on this course of wanting to learn more. That really opened my eyes to the fact that um, I didn't know as much as I thought I knew. You know, being grade 12, uh, you think you know the, everything and you're ready to take on the world and go into university and you're going to get woke, quote unquote, and change the world. Um, and yeah, that kind of just got me into reading as a hobby and, and, you know, over the years there has been times where I've read a lot and there's times where I haven't read for an entire year and, you know, it's, you go through these, uh, ebbs and flows and these phases, but over the past year, maybe the past two or three years, I would say, but very much so in the past year, but over the past two or three years, I've spent a lot of time reading, particularly through 2020, probably I can like read more than I ever have just because of all the downtime that we had naturally being the state that we were all in. Um, and it really just, I feel like it personally calmed my mind a lot and, and just helped me look at things from a different perspective. Um, you know, I'm like everybody else. I want to tell everyone that I was right and that I know this or know that. And, and my friends will tell most people that I like to preach at times and, you know, talk about, oh, I learned this from a book and that from a book. But I, I, it has taught me a lot in the past year and really helped quiet my mind. And just when you're reading a book, it just, you really have to immerse yourself in the book and block out all the noise. So that's also one of the things that is, has brought me more so now than ever um, is when I'm reading, I can I truly can block out all the noise that's going on, all the distractions, all the problems in the world, all the problems in you know your personal life, all the work stuff, all the headaches. When you pick up a good book and you are immersed in it, it's very hard um, it's sorry, it's very easy to get lost in it and, and just really silence all the noise around you. And that's hard to do in today's day and age. We have so much um, like data coming in on a daily basis. We have like a sensory overload and there's just so much happening. It's right at our fingertips with our cell phones and our laptops and we're always connected. So being able to disconnect is very hard and being able to like truly disconnect, um, I think is like, I wouldn't say an art form, but it it it, it is a skill. And I think a lot of people, you know, I think it would bring a lot of people happiness to be able to do that. Just cut everything off from the world, block out the noise and, and just, you know, put yourself in a quiet state. And I think reading does help with that. So, um, that's what's helped me the most over the past year, definitely. But the last couple of years is that I need to find time for myself on a daily or at least I try it on a daily basis to find time to read something because it helps you just you know, find a peaceful state and you can really think clearly. And you're also, not only that, by blocking out the noise, you're really absorbing what you're reading. Myself, to back to my earlier point of reading newsletters, it's great. I, I read them on a daily basis, but I'm also often doing that while I'm doing something else. I'll read, you know, I'll read my newsletters on my email while I'm eating or while I'm answering other emails or while I'm watching TV or listening to music because you can, you feel like you multitask with your phone. With a book, you can't multitask. It's, you, if, if anybody can read and consume another medium uh, of information at the same time or for something from another like being stimulated from another one of your senses kudos to you i cannot do that i don't know many people that can um, but to read a f- proper i think effectively you have to be able to just immerse yourself in the book and block everything else out 
so yeah, that's one of the biggest things that's brought value to me. I think that is pretty, I would say universally applicable. I feel like, you know, it's not just something that like I can do. I can block out the nose when I read to be successful or, or to, you know, to really retain what you're reading. You have to be able to block everything else out and really focus on the words on the page. So that's why I, I feel that it's really important today that more people do it. I think it blocking out noise is, is important. Um, you know, there's a difference. There's a difference between sound, I think, and noise. Um, to use an analogy, sound is stuff that comes in. That's like you know that you need to take in. It's 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 important information. Noise is just it's noise. It's clutter. There's noise all around us. You hear the cars and the sirens, and you hear people, you know, talking about this person or that person, or you know, the noise is stuff that you can typically block, and your life would be no better or no worse off. Sound is the important things to really hear. Those are really important messages. You know, it's sound is how you how you take in a, a song. It's, it, it brings you the pieces of the song to put together. And yeah, I think that I'm kind of jumping here, but blocking out the noise is very important. So that's for me, uh, the two most important things that, that books have taught me some valuable lessons that have become principles in my life. And I guess first principles and also the ability to just shut the world out and focus on, um, the words on the page, which then as a result of doing that helps you really to retain knowledge. I think that it, you're not going to retain everything you read. It's, it's impossible, but I can tell you that reading it from a book or a paper or just, yeah, something other than electronic device helps you retain the knowledge so much better. Um, I don't want to quote any scientific papers or any, or any, uh, any facts because I don't have them in front of me, but I recall reading an article recently online that talks about how we're moving into this way of reading online, whether it's by social media or websites or articles, we read in this thing called an F pattern. And you kind of have this tendency to read the first few lines uh, all the way to the end. And then as you progress farther down the page, you read less of the lines. You kind of just skim each line to find the value. So it almost looks, starts to take the shape of an F, long top, um, and then short in the middle. And then you kind of go down to the end where it's, you're not taking anything in, you're skimming it. Uh, And they use the, the, I guess, I don't know if it's an acronym, but they say F for fast or fast reading. And uh, actually, I really, that kind of resonated with me because I noticed that I do that when I read online. When I'm reading a book, I don't really skim it. I read everything. But when I read online, I just kind of browse and try to take as much of the the sound bites or the key points as I can. And I don't really retain a lot. Like personally, I read, you know, whether I read on Twitter or whether I read on, uh, you know, website, whatever it is, I can't go back and remember a lot of what I've read. But when I read a book, you're spending so much time reading that book that the message is being kind of ingrained into your head over and over and over. Uh, so at the end, you might not remember everything, but you will definitely remember the principle or the core val- the core principles, sorry, key principles of that book and the message you're trying to deliver. That person, that author has also spent a tremendous amount of time writing it and crafting it and picking their words and selecting them. So um, naturally, you're it just... It, it, to me, at least, it feels like it's easier to retain the, the messaging and the information. And I can, like Freakonomics, I read that over, I don't know, a decade, more than a decade ago, almost 15 years ago, probably. And it, to this day, this, it still sticks with me. And I still remember a lot of the book. I remember the examples that they used within the book. I don't want to pull them out now because it would go on forever. But, you know, they used the the Broken Windows Project in New York City. They used kind of like gun laws and abortion laws in the U.S. was one of them. And there was another one um, about uh, the projects and like how the gangs operate or something, but there was a few like stories within the story and I can still pull them back because they, it just, it had a good narrative flow to it. There was a storyline to it. And, and you remember the principles, but you tie the story and the narrative to those principles and it makes it easy to remember. So for myself, 
like I said, again, reading newsletters and articles is great. I, I do it, but it's a lot harder to remember the each article you read naturally. But you know, taking in a book, you'll I think you'll remember a lot more of, of the essence of it um, years from now, especially if it resonates with you. So those are kind of the the high points of why I think it's important to read. Um, I you know the list is endless. Um, one of the other ones that I that I think is, is super important. You can find a good book on any topic. Um, you know, you don't have to like trying to find an article and sift through it and find stuff that's like more maybe niche or something that you're not super passionate about, but want to find out more about. I think it's hard to just find an article and just say, okay, am I going to like this article at face value? Am I going to like, you know, am I going to be interested in what the author is saying or the writing style? You'd have to kind of go through the article to figure it out. And then you'd get quickly, you'd quickly discover, okay, I'm either bored or I enjoyed. And then let me move on to the next one. Or as a book, you can Google best books about this topic could be something you know nothing about, but then you can find reviews on it. You can find recommendations on it. You can find, uh, you can read the back cover on Amazon. You can read the first few pages. So that's another thing. You can learn new topics and and find you know an author that you like the writing style. You can find kind of a narrative style you like and and per- read into that topic something you might not have otherwise been interested in. Um, and you know at least you know you'll enjoy the read- the writing style, which will make the topic more enjoyable. If that makes sense. Um, yeah, so I mean, I personally, I don't just read on one specific topic. I read on a, on across a, a variety of, uh, genres and topics, I guess, because I want to learn a little bit about a lot. I think it's super important to be, to go wide and, and you know, cause you don't necessarily know everything that you like and you don't know, uh, what you might not be. You don't know what you're not interested in until you kind of dive in and figure you're not interested in it. So my, for myself, I don't just read business books. Let's say I read stuff on philosophy, on uh, science, mathematics, behavioral economics, um, you know, just regular narrative bi- biographies and bio pieces. Um, yeah, I kind of read everything. The one thing I don't read is fiction. I'm not a big fiction person. I really think that myself, it doesn't bring a, a tremendous amount of value to me. I, I know nothing against it. I know a lot of people love fiction and just not something that I've re- gravitated towards. Um, I like any, everything that's nonfiction. I think the, the one book I'm going to recommend, I'm not going to bring it up yet. I will shortly. It might be fiction because it's written in a fictional setting, but I think the principles apply um, to everyday life. So that would kind of make it nonfiction. I'm not sure. Anyways, I think that's enough on explaining why I think it's important to read. Um, you know, I don't think it's anything that I'm telling you is rocket science or something you haven't heard before. I think that reading just is is one of the things that we can do for free that just provides so much value and benefit and knowledge and um, ins- I don't know, it just it gives you so much and it costs so little. Um, and we have the, all these incredible resources, millions of them at our fingertips and at our disposal and we don't utilize them enough. It's like people now, you know, with our phones, we want, we can, yeah, we can, we can learn a lot on online. I'm not taking that away from anything. I mean, you can learn from YouTube. You can learn from reading on, on Google. You can learn from anything and everyone has a different style of learning. So I'm not telling you that you have to go and read and don't take this as, you know, if you don't read, you're not, you're, you're worse than everybody else and I'm better than you. No, that's not what I mean. Um, you learn what's how it, you should learn uh, in the style that's best for you to consume and absorb information. But naturally, I think everybody can read. You just got to find the right book. You got to find the right topic. You got to find the right author. And just, there's something out there for everybody. There's millions of millions of millions of, of titles, um, not including anything in articles or online. I'm just talking about like book, printed, published books. There's millions. When Amazon was founded, they were, 
there was 3 million books in circulation at that time. And that was like the early 90s. I, I don't know how many are in circulation today, but I would guess upwards of, I mean, at 4 million maybe. So there's got to be something for you out there. The odds are, are in your favor. But anyways, enough about that. I'm going to end this episode by giving a few recommendations of books that I like. And hopefully you guys pick one of these up and, and it brings you some sort of joy or value as well. Uh, I mentioned Freakonomics. That's one of my, I guess, my first love. So I'm going to give Freakonomics a shout out. Stephen Dubner and Stephen Levitt have written uh, more books following Freakonomics. They wrote Super Freakonomics. They wrote Think Like a Freak. Uh, they wrote How to Rob a Bank, which I have on my desk here. I got to deliver to my, to my buddy, Anthony Ricciardi. He claimed that in my book giveaway this year. Uh, their books are all very similar. They're just more like, it's kind of, um, they give the principles and talk about how to, you know, the correlation does not always equal causation in like story form. So it's pretty cool. All very easy reads. Um, if grade 12 George can read it, honestly, anybody can read it. Um, some other books that I've read recently uh, over the years that have resonated with me. I really like Nassim Nicholas Taleb. I read the book Black Swan, um, I don't know, a long time ago now, maybe six years ago or so. That was a really cool book. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, what a black swan is, it's like an unpredictable event. You know, you've never seen a black swan, so you think they don't exist until the day you see one, and then all of a sudden, oh, it exists, and hindsight makes it, uh, you, then you start to, you know, piece the piece, to put, piece the puzzle together in hindsight, making it seem like things, sh- you know, it, you should have known all along, when really you couldn't have known because it's impossible to know. Uh, so if anyone who's read that knows, they know I'm not telling you something you don't know. For those who don't know about the black swan, we are presently living in a black swan, the pandemic, COVID-19, was a black swan event for the most part. So interesting read. He also has another book that I've listened to recently via Audible called Anti-Fragile. That one's a really cool one. Really liked it. Talks about the how systems and, and you know people, businesses are, are anti-fragile. And uh, that was a really insightful one. I didn't consume as much as I would have liked because it was on Audible. I don't like consuming audiobooks. I pre- personally prefer to read. I find I get distracted too easily. But nevertheless, still good. My favorite book recently that I read, uh, The Coddling of the American Mind by Jonathan Haid. This one was terrific. It actually kind of goes hand in hand with what we're trying to solve at CAST and the rise of um, the rise of ki- kind of like, I guess, cancel culture and uh, us versus them and groupthink and all that sort of stuff and how it kind of stems from university campuses in North America. And, you know, more and more people are being taught to, you know, think with your emotions rather than logic. And that, you know, if you feel hurt, you're in, or if you feel like you're under threat, you are in fact under threat where it's, you know, not like the old days when you, and there was a threat that was imminent. That was what a threat was. Now it's more of like you hurt my feelings. That's a threat on my feelings. Really, really good book. I think a lot of people should read that. I, I loved it. Actually, you know what? I have an extra copy. So if anybody's listening this far, and you want to read The Coddling of the American Mind, shoot me a DM, at Bootsalis, and I will get it out to you. Some other ones, uh, The Courage to be Disliked. That one is a really interesting one. Also listen to that on audiobook. Uh, I have the hard copy as well. We'll read that again soon, but I like that one a lot. It kind of teaches you, um, it's a Japanese book that's sold like 5 million copies, I think, globally. It teaches you the art, I guess, of being, uh, how to be just like disliked and not really care what other people think of you. I don't know all of it, so I'm not going to miss, uh, I don't want to give any quotes from it or, or references, but it's another book that's written almost in like, um, it's written kind of in like a fictional format, but like a story, and the principles are obviously like re- principles you can apply in real life, so I guess I do read some fiction, but that one is a good one. Uh, my favorite author, got to give a shout out to Michael Lewis, and 
anything by Michael Lewis I've read over the years and I love. Um, most of you have probably seen The Big Short or The Blind Side or Moneyball. Those are Michael Lewis books. I highly recommend reading any one of his books. The Big Short was the first one I ever read. Uh, sorry, that's a lie. Liar's Poker is the first book I read by him. Really good. Didn't understand all of it back when I read it. Uh, then I read The Big Short shortly after Freakonomics. And uh, Big Short, the book was amazing. And then his most recent book that I read that I absolutely loved was The Undoing Project. It's about kind of about the lives of Daniel Kahneman and Amos Tversky. Daniel Kahneman is the author of Thinking Fast and Slow. Him and uh, Daniel Kahneman and Amos Tversky are like the forefathers of behavioral economics. They won the Nobel Peace Prize. Or sorry, the Nobel Peace Prize in economics. Yeah, I think they won the Nobel Peace Prize in economics for discovering like heuristics and uh, cognitive biases and all that sort of stuff. Really, really, really good book. And it's part of the reason why I've now um, gravitate a lot towards like behavioral psychology and behavioral economic books, I guess. Just understanding really human behavior. Uh, some other ones quickly because I'm getting near the end here. Uh, too Soon Old, Too Late Smart by Ooh, Gordon Livingston. That's a really cool one. He is a psychologist and he wrote this book. I read it on my Kindle. Uh, I got through it really quickly, but it's a terrific book. It's a, like a lot of different small principles. The chapters are basically broken down into like principles and values. Really, really liked it. Very interesting. Uh, guy's been a, a psychologist for, I guess, a very long career and has gone through some very tough times on his own. So um, yeah, the perspective he writes from is obviously somebody who's kind of gone through some dark times and how he's made it through and how he sees other people cope with them. Really, really, really good book. And actually, honestly, in the time we're going through now and, you know, um, with mental health being so, uh, such a big talking point publicly and people speaking out, I think that's a good book that, you know, people can pick up and it kind of gives you some principles in life on how to, just how to deal with the tough times and also just how to be, a, I guess, a good person, how to treat yourself with respect and all that sort of stuff. So uh, too soon old, too late smart. Great book. Uh Two books I've, I've recently started to read over the past year. Um, I've taken up, I've taken an interest in reading on Stoicism. Uh, being a Greek, you know, I like to read about uh, about the history of Greece and guys like Plato and Socrates and and all these terrific guys and Heraclitus. Heraclitus, I forget his name, but uh, yeah, Stoicism's been a big topic that I've dove into recently. Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, terrific book. Um, principles that will probably last the test of time. It was written 2,000 years ago and still very, very relevant today. Uh, more people should read Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Five Dialogues by Plato, another good book. Um, again, principles that will withstand the test of time. I really enjoyed it. Bias a bit. Plato's Greek. Shout out to Greece. Shout out to Plato. And Letters from a Stoic from Seneca. I'm currently reading that now. I am a few chapters in. Uh, reading that on my Kindle as well reading a bit one a day kind of thing and just kind of reading a, one of the lessons a day and then just kind of taking it away and thinking on it and then going back the next day and reading the next one and so forth. But um, yeah, for those who want to just understand stoicism better and, you know, kind of on the same chain of how to quiet the mind and how to deal with adversity and um, life and philosophy and all that stuff, meditations, five dialogues, letters from stoic. I will give the last two and wrap this up. Um, the second last one, atomic habits. Personally, I don't like to read, um, I don't like self-help books. I find that all these, there's a lot of self-help books that are published and this is not me criticizing anybody. If you like them, good, I'm happy for you. I hope you enjoy them. I just find that all, a lot of these like kind of self-help personal development books just kind of take uh, principles from like old books, like, 
you know, meditations, for example, books that have been written 2000 years ago that, that, um, that the first, that the principles in those books, they take them and they kind of repackage them, put some new link language around it and, and then, you know, release a new book. That's a vague assumption. I haven't read all the self-help books, but that's what I find at least. So that's why I don't really like them. I like going back to the roots back in the day of like where these are, these principles are founded and, uh, and to kind of formulate my own opinions. But that being said, Atomic Habits, I think is a terrific book. Uh, if I'm getting the author's name now, it's slipping my mind, but I read this book almost exactly a year ago, actually, near the beginning of the pandemic, and it really did help me change how I behave and how I kind of, um, how I go about my days, how I look at myself in the sense of like, um, you know, often we, we, we want to be certain things and we think that we have to do certain things to be those things where um, you, in fact, just, if you start believing you are that type of person, you will start to behave as that, that type of person. And the biggest thing that, that helped me with is my running, which I'm not going to get into now, but I've always liked the idea of running, but I never had the discipline to just keep consistent in it. And then after I read this book, I was like, you know what? I am a runner. Cause I used to think I wasn't a runner cause I didn't have the body of a runner. I wasn't skinny or fast or whatever. And that book taught me like, you know, if you want to be something, just believe you're that thing and everything you do, just say what a runner do this. Like if I'm going to go eat, you know, a pizza at 11 o'clock at night, would a runner eat a pizza? No, a runner would go to sleep early, get up and go running. Um, and that really helped me just think about what I want to be and what you want to exemplify and put them into practice and think in that mindset and you will start to look at yourself that way and then other people will look at you that way. That's the principle I took from that book. I think there's other ones as well, but uh, Atomic Habits, if I can recommend any books that are kind of self-help or like personal growth, that's one that I really liked and I would recommend that to anybody. I apologize. I actually have two more now. Um, Into Thin Air by John Krakauer, the story of the deadliest day on Mount Everest that was then made into a movie called Everest. Uh, The book is amazing. He also wrote Into the Wild, another movie with Emil Hirsch. Um, Really, really good book. I love mountaineering. I think it's so fascinating and I like just, yeah, I think it's such a cool sport or endeavor, I guess. Uh, Into Thin Air is an amazing story. Um, Just really crazy. Read Into Thin Air, really good book. Last and certainly not least, I probably could go on this forever, but this book I read recently, and it honestly, it only changed my life, but it was so, so good. The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Uh, the Alchemist, I bought a while ago because naturally you see it on a bestseller list everywhere. Um, I have a tendency to buy books faster than I read them, and then they just sit on my shelves, and then I pick them up when I want to pick them up. But I bought The Alchemist maybe over a year ago, maybe two years ago. I just sat on my shelf. Uh, I didn't really think it was anything special. I just heard it saw it on a bestseller list. I bought it, put it on the shelf and I happened to walk by it, I don't know, a month or so ago, two months ago and I picked it up and I read it and I think it is an amazing book. Talks about how people should pursue their personal legends and do everything in your power to um, just chase your personal legend, um, chase your kind of your dream, I guess, for for lack of a better term. Um yeah, and the, and if you do that, the universe will conspire to help you achieve your personal legend. Um, and you know what? Whether it's confirmation bias and you know you tr- you start to like or hindsight bias, I guess, where you chase your personal legend, you start to see things that happen and you piece them in, saying, "Oh yeah, this was meant to happen." That could be it. But honestly, I really believe if you chase your dreams and your goals and your and your personal legend, the world does conspire to help you achieve those goals. Um, you might face adversity, but yeah, it'll help you. It really wants to see you succeed. I believe that. Um, anyways, guys, that's all. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. My first solo one. So if you liked it, give it a thumbs up. If you didn't, 
don't give it a thumbs down. Just DM me and tell me that uh, what you want to hear next time, I guess, or how to how to maybe make this uh, episode more enjoyable. But honestly, I had a lot of fun talking about this. Uh, yeah, it was really, that was nice. I didn't think I would remember that many books, but um, I actually had a little bit of a list, not going to lie, but uh, I didn't have the authors written down. I'm surprised I remembered them. But that's all. Sorry, last thing, last hot tip. Get a Kindle. Honestly, I love hardcover books. I've been reading them. Um, I've been, I gravitate more towards like a paperback book or a hardcover. Like I just loving, I love having the feeling of a book in my hands while I'm reading. But, sorry, and I've actually held out on getting Kindle for a long time. I was like, I don't want to read this way. It's electronic. I'm not going to consume it as much. It's like reading on a phone. I could not have been more wrong. The Kindle's a game changer. Like just, you can buy books at the snap of a finger. There's so many books that are free because they're out of copy right now. So you can just add books at will, um, which is also a blessing and a curse. Like I just keep buying books on Amazon on a daily basis and I can't read them fast enough. But it's amazing. You can have like all these books in one little thing the size of like a mini iPad. And the beauty of it is you can open a book, flip to any chapter, read something, highlight it, move on to the next book and jump around. And you don't have to carry all these books with you. I think the Kindle is an absolute game changer. I friggin' love it. So that's the last tip. If you made it this far, uh, thanks for listening. Go pick up a Kindle. Go pick up a book. Uh, I really hope, yeah, I really hope more people read. Maybe you guys all do read. Maybe I'm just like, you know, I don't see a lot of people reading or talking about it. So maybe I just make an assumption that people don't read as much. But I don't know. It's brought me a lot of joy. It's brought me a lot of peace and happiness this year. And yeah, I think it's great. Take more time to read. If we stop, if we stop getting on our phones and getting online and you know just shouting about nonsense and spent time in our own head and just reading and consuming knowledge and and nice stories, I feel like the world would be a more peaceful place. Anyways, that's all. As I like to say, that's my diary. Thanks for listening. Uh, we should have another episode coming up later this week, but for now, guys, if you made it this far, please go and subscribe like leave us a review leave us a comment give us five stars and again if anyone wants any more advice any more tips any books uh if i can provide i have a shelf full of books so if anybody wants one dm me and i'll send you one uh you can follow me at at sorry scratch that you can follow me at bootsalis b-o-u-t-s-a-l-i-s or on cast at george that one's easy anyways guys that's all peace you like to drink and to smoke to take away the pain And I don't remember all of my mistakes And every I got alone no one thing You're not alright, I'm not alright